Hello, this is Where Did It All Go Right? Welcome to another episode. I'm Ali Jones. This is the podcast where I talk to people in creative jobs about the pivotal moments in their careers. Uh, This all started when I realised I knew some people who'd got some great jobs and I wondered, how do they get those jobs? How do they get there? And it kind of grew from that. So we've got three more episodes before the end of this series and uh, thank you so much to all the people I've spoken to so far, broadcasters, authors, presenters, comedians, loads more and they're all up on iTunes, Spotify and Podbean for you and when the series finishes I'm going to go and have a lie down. Uh, So this week's guest is artist Tom Croft. Tom is a portrait painter and does landscapes too. He's produced paintings from footballers like David Beckham and Wayne Rooney to Radiohead bass player Colin Greenwood. Uh, In 2018, he appeared on Sky Art's Portrait Artist of the Year, and I talked to him in his studio at the bottom of his garden. You've got the coffee, which is great. We're in your studio. We are. Which is gorgeous. And I'm just, you know, I'm so enjoying looking at all the pictures around me of lots of famous faces and and lots of famous faces. Yeah. Do you have a favourite in here? Oh, favourite. I have... I'll be honest, I, I, there are bits of each painting that I'll have a kind of connection with and think, I love it, I love that little passage of paint. But I think as a kind of entire painting, I can only ever see the flaws in them. It's appalling, isn't it? It's a real kind of negative mindset. But I guess that's what kind of pushes you to get better with each painting or hope to get better with yeah, each painting. Yeah. Um, but no, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Is there one kind of complete where... There are occasionally paintings I finish where... I step back at the end of it and think, that's okay. But then about a week passes and I think, actually, hang on, if I have my time again, I wouldn't have painted their nose like that. I wouldn't have, <laughs> what was I thinking with the composition? You know, so, so that's... So you're a bit of a perfectionist? Yeah, you see, I don't think I am. I, but then I think I'm just confused by the idea of sort of a perfectionist because I'm sort of messy and scruffy and my marks aren't terribly precise or neat and they're quite kind of, hopefully kind of expressive. Uh, so, but but yes, there there is a kind of I I do that terrible thing of comparing myself to the best, and when you compare yourself to Rembrandt, Sergeant Freud, you're going to come up massively <laughs> short. So, uh, yeah, it's I'm not kind the of, best but idea. It's not, is it? But uh, anyway. <laughs> so, how long do you, st- do you spend in it? Because you say you know you're a bit messy. Yeah. You're not for an artist studio. This is very compared to some. Organized. I think I I think I'm probably yeah relatively organised. Uh, but no, I I, I kind of treat it like a you know a job well, it is my job but from kind of nine in the morning you know I'm at at the easel at the computer doing whatever I'm doing and then I suppose because I've got a family and kind of want to be present with the kids and all that good stuff um, I treat it as a kind of nine to five job so I don't I'm not kind of madly inspired at two in the morning and kind of you know working through just on absinthe I'm not I'm not that <laughs> I'm kind really of glad. artist. <laughs> Before we pressed record, we were talking yeah. about the fact that, you know, you must have to pinch yourself that this is your job. You make your living from painting. And and did you think when you started out doing this that that would be the case? Is that I, something you've always wanted to do? It, it really is something I've always wanted to do. And I mean, I can I can trace, I mean, I, you know, you see these awful kind of X Factor type programmes where people go, you know... I was singing since I was sort of three. Well, everyone was singing at three, you know, and in the same way, I guess, everyone was drawing at the age of three. So uh, it's slightly kind of <laughs> disingenuous to say at that moment, I knew. But I seriously, I think my, my dad is a really kind of keen art historian and he used to leave books out all the time. I don't know if it was deliberate, but I, he, he there were books on 
Rembrandt, Leonardo, Jura, you know, lying around. And you'd look at them and be kind of wowed by the images. For me, it was... It was always about the, the kind of the technical side of art and being able to make something look like something. So it's like a magic trick, you know. And I remember doing a picture at the age of, or oh, my parents have told me subsequently, I, I was about seven at the time. And I did a drawing of, we had a Jack Russell dog and lots of people sort of commented on it and said that's amazing that isn't just like a dog it's like your dog and it kind of and for some reason that gave me a real kind of buzz I suppose but then I've got a sort of slightly odd personality where I'm despite friends not believing it I, I am naturally quite sort of shy and when people look at me rather than the work I get terribly embarrassed and I sort of think well I ended up uh, getting an art scholarship to, to St Edward's in, in Oxford. And um, so I would have been, what, 13. And I turn up. And of course, when you're 13, you just want to not be noticed. You know, you're trying to process. I mean, I'm freakishly tall. I'm six foot seven. I was kind of, I think I was about six, five then. And you don't want to stand out. And so to be introduced, I remember the first art class, uh, the guy, the art teacher, lovely guy called uh, Nick Grimshaw, funnily enough. Not that one. <laughs> Not that one. Uh, and uh, he gave us a prep of just draw draw something. Just literally no no direction at all. So I went home that night and we had, do you remember Crest Toothpaste? Yes. Right. I, I, we, <laughs> we, there was a tube of Crest Toothpaste. And it was kind of yeah, half used up and a bit crumpled. And I thought, yeah, art could be anything. Let's remember that. But no, so I thought, right, I'm going to draw that. And I drew and then sort of shaded in. I got the shading quite right and I was pretty happy with it. And it looked quite realistic, I suppose. And submitted it as my kind of, you know, first piece of art homework. And he called the class to all kind of gather round at the start of the next lesson and said, now look, and gave this speech about kind of, when I set you homework, I kind of, you know, just expect you to maybe do your best and all the rest of it. He said, somebody's done something, which I think is exceptional. And I started to get an absolute panic attack and started to think, oh my God, he might be, I didn't think he was definitely talking about me, but I thought, you know, he could be talking about me. And, uh, and I got more and more tense as he built this kind of slow reveal up and turned the picture around and, and you know, a bunch of the kids actually kind of, or I say they gasped, there was a kind of like, whoa, yeah, that's not bad. And I just remember thinking, I almost never want to draw again because I thought, I don't, I hate this attention. I love, so I, I've had a really weird kind of start to it, whereas a, as a young kid, loved it, did it all the time, loved people looking at the work. But at that point, I, I really went off. Because you didn't want the drawing whole, this and is painting. amazing and this is the person that's done it. You wanted to be to be hidden away almost. Yeah, yeah totally, totally. So, so after that Colgate incident, yes, Crest, yeah, yeah, yeah. did you then think, I'm going to just just do stuff that people aren't going to notice and I'm going to just I, hide away with I it? I sort of slightly sabotaged what I was up to for that reason. Really? Um, I, I hate it. And then it became a real sort of, I don't know how, you know, sort of, deeply you want to go into the sort of psychological <laughs> aspect of it what is this podcast about but anyway it could, be anything. it could be anything let's go with whatever but so so then I happened to have been a chorister in Pembroke Choir before I went to uh, St Edward's and uh, so again wanting to blend in not wanting to stand out I thought well I'm not not entering the choir that'd be absolute kind of you know disaster and I faked my audition for the choir because they, they made you, you know, they said, right, we're going to see what you got. And it's kind of lark and you hit this note. And I'm like, you know, and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy goes, let's just try that one more time. I think you 
might be able to hit this note. Did it again, and I, and, you know. And so I really was kind of slightly wrecking... Everything. Everything, <laughs> everything. I, I was in the first team at, uh, for sports and loved sports and was, you know, not appalling at sports. And again, even at Snowbirds, I started to... I just didn't want to be... Isn't that you weird? You didn't want to be in the limelight. I really don't look back on it, but, but genuinely, thinking about it, it's... Yeah, that, that was a really odd stage. I reckon it's taken to me, me till probably all about now to be okay and to sort of stand next to a picture and go, you can have a look at me and you can have a look at the picture. You know, it's, it's kind of, it is sort time. of something I've done and to be okay with it, not to be... So was it somebody that, that got you out of that, I want to hide away and I, I want to be proud of it during school or did you spend the whole of your, your art, was your art teacher, did he realise that he'd sort of, that you were shy and he, he didn't want to see the line? He, he didn't really, and, and I'm one of those strange people who will talk a lot, make a lot of noise when it's on my terms, but if somebody says, now we'd like, funnily enough, like this this chat now, I was slightly terrified because it's that kind of, was, I don't know what you're going to say, I don't know what yeah. you're going to, you know, but but... So did did he say something? I don't think he did. I mean, he was he was a really lovely guy, but he made a disastrous call when he said, after he, you know, showed the drawing, given it a load of praise, he said, actually, technically, I can't teach you much. And, I, and to a, you know, 13-year-old, I thought, right, you don't need to pay attention in art much because he's got nothing to tell me, which is an insane thing. I mean, it, you know, he, there's so much, I, obviously. I mean, there's still tons I don't know and... And so I suppose that the the shift probably started to happen when I went to art college and you are suddenly not the decent one. You know, I think that's a classic thing, isn't yeah. it? You can you can hide away a little bit more. Because totally. There's, there's loads of other people. And yeah. You've got to almost up your there game. There are better people. That's the bottom line. You know, there are people who are just extraordinary. And so they draw a lot of the gaze and you can quietly slip along doing some OK stuff. And they'll go, OK, not bad. But there isn't that kind of everybody stop have a look at this which I just found so you see a lot of chilling. people would hate the fact that they weren't the best and they, they would find that they would knock them back but actually for you 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 the pressure was off in a way yes yeah um, yeah because you could sort of hide yeah. away a bit I yeah. was interested you saying about you know being he couldn't teach you anything and learning stuff mm. because um I, I know it's all about talent but do you think there is an element it, it's not <laughs> I, it is not all about talent at all honestly you can a hundred percent be taught it's like any <laughs> subject a hundred percent Give me, come and let me, let me show you like you some, some, you some basics. I promise you that, okay, so here's an example. That I, I went to uh, an art college, a really sort of, more like an apprenticeship. So there are about 15 of us from all around the world. Fascinating kind of study to kind of throw, it's almost like Big Brother. You throw a bunch of, a very small sort of concentrated bunch of people from different backgrounds together, but with the kind of focus of really wanting to learn how to draw and paint. So this wasn't an art college where they say, you know, go and chuck clay at a wall for a day and then do some batik and then we'll do some, you know, we'll do whatever you want. It was very drilled. It was very technical. It was about, can you make something look like something? How do you make something look like something? We had a year of black and white only, so you weren't allowed any colours. Wow. Then a year of limited palette, so you were allowed about four colours, uh, which is the idea of which you learn to control tone and you realise that everything... You know, the way people say, oh, I can't draw hands or I can't draw a horse. 
It's just a shape and a tone and a colour. That's it. You make it sound so easy. <laughs> no, 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 but it is. If you can flip your mind to not go, yeah, but now I'm drawing a horse and it's got that kind of... Just, just literally look at it. It is a shape, it is a colour, and it is a tone. If you get those things right, mm. it'll look like a horse and this magic trick will occur. But people trip themselves up because your brain starts to fill in, well, I think a horse kind of looks like this. And they're not looking at what's in front of them. So... The guy who taught me at, at that college, that was brilliant. That was such a sort of an amazing, uh, I mean, it was four years. And by the third year, you were allowed all of the colours uh, in the kind of rainbow. And that was amazing. By which point, in theory, technically, you'd learn how to control them and how to use them. But you hadn't, you, you hadn't really explored your creativity. It was such a kind of drilled, Quite regimented, yeah. very much so. Yeah. So... I think actually it's taken me again to this point, and I'm only, you know, I hope only sort of halfway through or whatever, but getting to the point where I think far more about how a mark, so, so not just making somebody look like somebody, what does it say about them? How, if I put the mark of the brush down this way, does it have a bit more kind of energy? If I put the paint slightly thicker, does that say something about the personality, the colour choice? Does that reflect a, a mood? A, you know, so learning... To, to yeah to, to be more creative and, and stressing less about the yeah, technical and, and be open side. I suppose to, to, to be you know not be a person who thinks right I can I know it all now and I don't need mm. to learn anymore be open to the fact that you are constantly constantly learning, learning. constantly changing absolutely and it was interesting what you were saying about you can learn it because my kids found this thing on I think YouTube and this mm. woman is teaching them they finished how to they couldn't draw a cat or a dog mm. and suddenly they were showing me and I was like there see, you go. see I kind of agree there I suppose, you go I but promise you haven't you. seen my art but anyway <laughs> but there is talent as well there's definitely talent just looking around it's it's absolutely well, it can phenomenal. speed things along, but but it's not. Yeah, it's hard work's the the key. Yeah, it's yeah. working hard. Yeah. yeah, they're wonderful. All these portraits because you Thank do you. landscapes as well as portraits, but it's portraits your thing. Portraits is my thing. Um, if you look at that, there's the ludicrous painting in the corner of um, where it looks like Les Dawson in a floppy hat. It was <laughs> it was my attempt at a Rembrandt painting at the age of seven, little precocious kid that I obviously was. Uh, and my parents, rather than kind of say, you know, yes, very good it's rubbish move along uh framed it in that really over the top kind of ornate frame and you know subsequently i thought i wonder if that kind of made me uh, in some way think this is this is something this is a so but it was always people for me i remember drawing um the people of the day which will tell you what, which day it was sort of jeff boycott <laughs> beyond borg they were all kind of sports people i suppose i was into sport too but yeah you know, somebody with a headband and long hair from Sweden, you know, beautiful looking guy. And that was kind of, you know, you were kind of drawn to these people and think, oh, I'd love to love to draw that. And and again, getting it, there's definitely, there's a bit of sort of showing off in what you do, I suppose, as in, as in, 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 in I think, I, I do like now somebody saying that looks like them or that, or you've caught them, you know, yes. that definitely gives me a, a sense of satisfaction. Yeah, real buzz, I'm sure. Um, but and, definitely people. And, and the fact that your parents put that in a frame, they mm, were really encouraging They you. really were, So yeah. do you think if you hadn't had that backing, you would have gone on to, you might not have gone on to, to go to art very, very, very possibly. I mean, they, they were very encouraging of, of not just sort of creative pursuits, but literally the, the, they never sort of said, you know, you should really be looking at these kind of subject matters to, to go on and get potentially, you know, safe and secure jobs they they really just let you be whoever it was you wanted to be which is extraordinary I mean it really is and I'm trying to 
do that with with my two girls as much as you can, you know, while panicking. Don't do art. I'll make you no money. Are they they drawing and painting? Funnily enough, I think, yeah, in their their way, but I think it's that thing, isn't it, that if Dad does it, it's not cooler and it's not interesting. So they'll probably be kind of, you know, awesome accountants and I'll be absolutely (laughs) delighted. Not there's anything wrong with that, of course. You'll have the studio to yourself. Yes, You won't be sharing it. So so you graduate, you finish your four years, having done all this amazing learning. Yes. So what happens after that? Do you suddenly think, oh, heck, well, well, <laughs> this so, big world, I've got to get a commission. I've got to get some work now. Well, I've never really thought. I, I'm Again, I'm a bit odd in that, in that I'm sort of, I, I suppose I'm optimistic. I, I'm very much a kind of, you know, glasses half full and everything, will, it'll just work out, right. you know, which I suppose you pick up from your parents, I guess, give you that. Or there's always a sense that there are, there seem to be, and, and very privileged and lucky in that there are, that there were options, you know, you sort of felt that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't kind of pivotal. Obviously, since then, I've had moments where it's been really tense financially and you sort of think, oh, I really, where is the next job coming from? But so when I came out of college, um, they, one of the things they did, because they were teaching you in this very kind of um, technical way of drawing and painting is it lent itself to you know those hilarious kind of romantic novels and uh, romantic stories in Women's Weekly and The People's Friend. <laughs> yeah. I um, did quite a lot of illustrations oh, for really? those. They were brilliant. I mean, because ultimately you were painting. You were still painting for a living. I mean, they were shocking images I was producing. But And I'd get mates to pose, so which was so funny. I mean, I've got... My brother was a vicar having a relationship. I mean, it's odd storylines. <laughs> but anyway, was having a sort of relationship with... I think possibly my sister. Anyway, let's not go there. But they, they were modelling, just to be clear. Yeah, they weren't actually. But So you so get the story. You get you the story. It, then you've got a... You don't even get the whole story. You get a little synopsis and you sort of get, you know, such and such is a person. They are 35. They have brown hair. Such and such is it. So so that's what you'd get. And I'd do these. And I, I did loads of them. It was so funny. And that was kind of... So that was... I was mean, something in print. Amazing. Yeah, oh, absolutely. No, I loved it. And, and so I kind of went into illustration and thought, okay, well, this is how you can kind of possibly scratch a small living doing it. And I did. I mean, again, I've got some, some wonderful campaigns. There's a, a quitting smoking aid. I think it's called Nick, Nick or something anyway. Yeah. Uh, and my brother was the face of that. So <laughs> by that, I mean, I did this painting of him sort of coughing up a lung, you know, <laughs> literally. And it was kind of smoking's terrible for you. If you have this, you know, it can help you. So but it doesn't even smoke, does it? Doesn't smoke. No, 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 no. And then the worst one, which I hesitate to, to mention, but hey, I will. Um, no, go on. Yeah, there was a campaign for thrush. And my, I got my mum to pose as a pharmacist, and my sister was buying the one pill treatment for vaginal thrush, and it was it appeared under this massive banner headline just saying vaginal thrush. So, um, so that was fun. I didn't tell them obviously what it was for, but they saw it in the uh, pharmacist in Oxford. So. Well, you didn't tell them. No. <laughs> so that Tadal moment. You yes. Know, yeah. I was going to ask go. you about Tadal moments. So you know, when you've done a portrait of somebody. Yeah. But that, well, that was a very special It was a different moment. kind of Tadal moment. Very much a Tadal moment for them. Yeah. So what was your big, apart from that, yeah. the big sort of first commission that when you, you realise that maybe you can make a slight living from this, but you need to maybe... But you need to, exactly. But, but also I think there was a kind of nagging thing of this is all very well and it is painting. And, you know, how dare I have not been fully satisfied with that because, let's face it, it is, it is doing sort of what you love and, and for a living. And I really wasn't kind of... 
I was fine with it. And I didn't, I've, I've never had some great kind of career plan where I'm thinking, you know, at the age of that, I'm going to be here and there. And, but I think I, always, I was still thinking, but it's faces that really interest me. I'm not particularly even interested in, you know, clothing, hair. I, it is really the face that, that fascinates me. And if I could, I'd just fill an entire canvas with a face and nothing else. And I kind of nearly do it. You um, do actually, in some of them. You? I kind of like to crop the head. Is, yeah. Yeah. Partly to kind of give that almost conversational feel. So you feel, because if you think about it, when you're talking to somebody, you tend not to kind of eye them up. It was quite rude. And there's why somebody up and down while you're talking to them. So I'm trying to give that sense of your mid-conversation with them to have quite an informal kind of uh, approach to portraitures rather than something terribly kind of formal and, and kind of forced looking, you know. So, um, but anyway, so I thought, right, okay, so I'm doing some illustration. If I'm going to get some portraiture, I need to... You need to have some examples, you know, you've got to do them. So I'd started asking people, you know, can I paint your portrait? Which was uh, when I was young and single, I remember going up to people in pubs and asking, can I paint your portrait? It was a bit dodgy, but... Um, it's a bit like, because we've been in Paris recently, yeah. you're in Montmartre. This was the the Parisian equivalent in Jericho in Oxford, yes. but you weren't being paid for it, you were just getting... Just, just just trying to get experience and trying to build up a portfolio that shows people listen if because of course they need to know if I commission you what what's it going to roughly what's it going to look like and I because of the nature of illustration I had to mimic different styles so I I would be kind of you know one minute doing something quite loose and abstract one minute in watercolor one tight ripped tight sort of photorealism for another job uh digital work i did i did something for that was in vanity fair um uh, the magazine um you know i bet that was special that was that was something uh i mean uh, the the biggest one in terms of kind of uh, wow okay this this is kind of you know the work is sort of taking me to some interesting places was um i did some work for manchester united football club and um they commission well so i got approached by a company who said we have the kind of arts rights or franchise or whatever to uh to official manchester united stuff and we need somebody to with the help of the club paint some of the footballers at the time and david beckham happened to be a footballer at the time for man u so i did and again i was sort of i starting to think in a slightly more kind of creative way about my work rather than just you know fast deadlines getting something out that sort of roughly captures what the brief was this was a bit more open. So I thought, okay, well, um, why don't I try painting with a palette knife, which is obviously a lot kind of looser, but more angular because of the sharp edge of the palette knife. And I thought for sport, that could be really good. That could be really kind of dynamic. So I did a palette knife painting for Manchester United of David Beckham, of Ryan Giggs, of Wayne Rooney. And I got to go and present one of the pictures. They, they said as part of it, you go to, you know, during a Champions League game. So there must have been 70,000 people there. And they, you sit in the stands about five minutes before half time. They give you a sort of tap on the shoulder and say, it's time. And you think, oh, my God. <laughs> this is a big uh, to moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they got me to come down off the side of the pitch. And then, with you know, guy with a microphone sort of says, ah, ladies and gentlemen, we've got, you know, the, the, this artist who's done this picture thing and they're, you know, available in the club shop as limited edition prints signed by the artist and signed, which devalues it, signed by the uh, footballer that adds a bit of value. But this this lovely old woman who was a sort of lifelong Man U fan who was over 100 and had won a limited edition print of my painting and I had to present it on the, on the halfway line and uh, she had no idea what was going on. So I 
had this hilarious kind of, you know, here you go. And she was kind of, oh, I couldn't possibly afford it, dear. You know, and I was sort of virtually rowing with her off the pitch. Go, look, it's yours. I'm not taking it back in the car with me. You know, you're going to have to make some room for it. So, uh, but, that, but that was an amazing moment. Those shots, I'm sure it was. That's middle of... Extraordinary. Middle no, of that, that was... And, and yeah. painting people who are so well known. Yes. Um, yeah. Everyone knows what they look like. Absolutely. So you've kind of got to get it right. But also, because those pictures, they're not portraits, are they? You're, no. They're action shots. No, they're more, I suppose, sort of figurative in that respect. So and it's the whole body. They so, didn't, yeah. You didn't... How did you do that? From photographs? From photographs. So, so I mean, Manchester United have a fabulous photographic archive. So, you know, they said, what do you want kind of thing? Annoyingly, I, I did get to meet uh, Ryan Giggs. There's, I have to, sorry, this is for anybody who's vaguely into football. Can I quickly? There, Go for it. There, there's, so at the halfway point, Ryan Giggs is warming up to come on in the second half and he miscontrols the ball and it skews over to me. Doesn't hit the pitch, and, does it? And, and no, but, but I, I kind of passed it back to him. So well I kind of, I basically played at Old Trafford is what I'm trying to say. No, so that was just like my wildest dreams because I, I was, I love football and, and that was, I mean, I'm not a Man U fan, but... It was incredible to, via your work, get into a position where you go, what am I even doing here? This is absurd. So, so that was brilliant. And, did that and I've lead... totally forgotten the question. Did, <laughs> no, I can't remember myself. Yeah. Did that lead to other, other work? That started to get me to the point where you thought, okay, actually, the, these are pictures I've created and maybe I could start to do this rather than getting briefs from people to do advertising or illustra- you know, illustrations for publishing or whatever I was doing. So I suppose that was a small kind of turning point, a little kind of seed of thought rather yeah. than anything absolutely definitive and pivotal. Um, the company that contacted you saying we're doing this, how did they mm. know about you? Because do you have to do you know genuinely no idea ah, absolutely no idea and I'm I'm strange in that I don't ask you know where did you hear about me I think there's, there's an arrogance about that <laughs> how do you know about me um uh so no uh that's great it, it was incredible I mean it was just a, I have had a couple of dumb bits of luck where you just go you know that's that's okay that doesn't hurt but it's, um, it's having the work out there isn't it for people to see it and and, and when you've painted somebody who is well known everyone can know and I think that's absolutely key. I think that in terms of, you know, you can look at people's websites and we're bombarded with images all the time now. So we probably are very, very kind of educated, all of us, aren't we, in terms of what we think is, and, and it comes down to personal taste, what do you like and what don't you like. But I think that that if it's somebody you know, you've immediately got to read on, well, at least can they get a likeness? It may be, you may not like the way they've gone about the painting, you may not like the sort of style of it, but you can absolutely uh, get a read on that. And I think that's really important, again, from a person who's potentially considering commissioning you. Say, so I get commissioned to paint people's kids. You know, you've got to know. It can't just look like somebody's kid. You know, it's a lovely painting. It doesn't look like my kid. That's of no use to anyone. So it, I, I think, I mean, there are lots of kind of debates on how important likeness is in portraiture and, you know, whether that helps convey anything more than just how they happen to look at that particular time and in fact you can get portraits which look exactly like the person that say nothing about them and have none of their personality so so it's a balance but I think it's it's probably a very helpful thing to have some known people mm. in your portfolio you know so which, which leads to other things I'm sure yeah. and I wanted to ask you about the whole process because I know you mm. have a real collaborative approach and mm. you you talk to your subject, don't you? So mm-hmm. can you just explain, it starts with a mm-hmm. conversation. It starts with a conversation about 
what are you... So, for instance, at the moment, uh, I'm doing a portrait of Elizabeth Denham, who is the uh, UK Information Commissioner and has just been awarded a CBE. And so when I go and meet her, the first question is, what is this portrait trying to reflect? What are we saying? Are we talking about you, the person? Are we talking about your incredible achievements so far? Uh, are we, is, you know, is it a kind of combination of the two? Is it going to hang in your office? Is it going to hang in your house? What? So you've got to, so I suppose there is still a brief, you know, it is very much in, in these situations of trying to figure out what, what are you trying to say? What it was. So, that, that and I love all that and and I have these sort of theories on color and how strong color could represent very heavily saturated color so bright reds bright greens these kind of strong colors could say something that of the sitter being you know outgoing confident maybe extrovert who knows whereas a more muted palette could for instance exactly yeah say something more about a more uh, yes yeah kind of introspective kind of i felt so when when i met colin i think he was radiohead were in between albums and they were i got a sense of him almost being sort of he's he's wonderful i mean he's he's such a lovely guy and and but but sort of uncertain what the next move was, I suppose. I mean, he has extraordinary creative success, financial success, critical acclaim. Uh, and there is an element of, you know, almost what else does he ever need to do? So there is that. And and But I wanted, I, I certainly felt that there was an uncertainty. There was a kind of, a lot of thought going on behind the eyes, obviously. But, that but, yeah. but um, and, and he has a wonderful face from a portrait painter's point of view. I mean, big eyebrows that kind of frame these enormous eyes that are very kind of, yeah, soulful and almost slightly haunted, but kind of... So, yeah, you, you in in your first exchanges with somebody, you start to try and get a read on them. And I'm really... Unless it's the sort of portrait where they do want you to document their achievements, you know, so on the desk behind them, they want, you know, uh, something that references my time in Africa when I was awarded, you know, whatever. That's fine. You can do that. But that sort of interests me less. I quite like to have know nothing about them when I first meet them and just kind of see what, what human comes. interaction what comes exactly yeah. so you have and lots respond of com- to that conversations so. and they sit with you for how for how long then? oh not very long so so in terms of the actual sittings and again it's only where people are willing to do it because obviously in the old days you you would absolutely the old painting would be mm-hmm. would be from life and some artists still only work from life uh, and that's brilliant and amazing but from my point of view I, well I also think photography can be used to capture fleeting moments and expressions that you could struggle certainly you couldn't maintain so for instance there's this idea that uh i was reading some art critic talking about rembrandt saying god he was a grumpy old git wasn't he because all of his self-portraits he's looking pretty miserable but it sort of misses the point that if you're painting from life you can't maintain a sincere or authentic smile for more than a couple of seconds can you if you think about it i mean it just starts to face it and it looks fake and therefore and you're they're giving a completely different message about the person and what they're feeling and so so actually, having a kind of relatively neutral expression 
is easier to hold. So, so that's the reason why I'm looking around my studio and wondering if anybody's actually smiling here. Uh, there are a couple of mouths slightly There's open. One over there. there is one. That's that's an unusual commission uh, where somebody wanted it based on a photograph that they had taken, but wanted it to be quite abstracted, so only sections of the face rather than the whole face, uh, which is which is new and, uh, and and an interesting interesting sort of experiment, if you like. You really listen to what the person wants. And, yes. And yeah. and then you you talk and you and they sit. When you're there sitting, mm. do you talk to them much, or is it silence? Oh no, I I, I can't. Are you good I to struggle to talk? shut up, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which can mean not a lot of work gets done. Uh, but but also, you want to see their face move. You want to see them think about different things, and therefore different emotions flicker across their face. That's really helpful. You know, you want to kind of know. Um, as I say, photographs are great for the odd fleeting moment, but also. You need to see it in 3D and and how they express themselves, and also kind of I suppose if if certain kind of expressions seem to sum them up nicely, then you kind of go, let's go with that, let's go in that direction. So, um, but no, I, we will talk, and I think it's really important to try and you know get to know who it is you're painting. I know some people don't, some people just take photos, work from that. Uh, I know a fantastic portrait painter who is. Uh, phenomenally successful and um, he only works for photographs and that's a different way to go mm. so yeah. it's, all, it's all different yeah. so um, so you're working on that at the moment and then mm. so from start to finish mm. how long is roughly the process I guess it depends on but it varies on size and it varies on uh, how much detail they want so so when somebody does say so for instance there's one over here where I usually don't put backgrounds in uh, as I said I'm not, I really just ideally want the face but I'll often put a colour in and I'll try and pick a colour that I feel works with their personality or, or who they are. Uh, whereas um, uh, a man over there in the corner wanted to be painted uh, with his dog and in front of his rather large house. Um, and that's that was extra, I have to tell you. That, that So I went for um, to take a you know, couple of hundred photos of him and do a little colour oil sketch, which oh, it's not there anymore, but anyway, I, I did a little kind of colour sketch to figure out and, and also to show your sitter, if you do a sketch for them, to see themselves sort of drawn or painted just in, in rough form is helpful because it irons out, oh, I didn't realise didn't realize you can actually paint my nose the way it is or whatever. So you can establish a, a kind of where mm. the sensitivities are, perhaps where you want to draw attention, not draw attention uh, from the point of view of, of your sitter. Um, but anyway, I did this, uh, I, I went to do this sketch and this guy said, uh, you know, come in and make a cup of tea in his in his um, kitchen. And I walked past the living room and there was a painting of a horse in there. And I said, oh, that looks a bit like a Stubbs painting. And he says, yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I thought, my Lord. OK, fine. And then we went through. Here I am. <laughs> and then, well, then we go into another room and I said, those Holbein sketches, are they? Yes, they're ready. OK, fine. Yeah. Uh, and then when I went to hang the painting uh, in his house the other day, and it's come back because I've got to make a slight tweak. It's almost like kind of varnishing day at the Royal Academy. You know, you kind of hang it up and look at it and go, actually, in this light, okay. it needs a couple of changes. So I'm doing that. Uh, but there was, he said, oh, I've got a Van Dyke in the bedroom. <laughs> oh, God. I hope that's not a euphemism. But anyway, it wasn't. It was actually a Van Dyke painting. I mean, it was extraordinary. So... Um, you feel very proud. That, you? Well, you know. But it, yeah, I, I, see, 
never get pride from that. I sort of think, you know, you God, embarrassing. Yeah, what on earth is, please put it in the loo or something. You know, it's got no right to be anywhere We're near We're back here. to the toothpaste moment. Yes, we are. Yes, we? exactly. We really are. Yeah, I need to just drop my paintings, you know, have a courier deliver them and just leave, just not be there. Yeah. I don't want to be here. Yeah. So, so we talked about um, Manchester United and how that was a wonderful yeah. moment yeah. and the beginning of, of, of getting commissions. Mm. And, but, but living in Oxford, mm. and, and, you know, you, you, you were getting a big portfolio as well. Mm. There are so many people that live here. We've there are. We've talked about... Radiohead, Colin yeah. Greenwood, that you've got some great subjects yes. in the city, so yes. you don't have to travel far, but did you approach people yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in the public eye, or do they approach you? Uh, no, 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 so, I, well, I've had a very lovely kind of, yeah, some sort of chance meetings, I suppose, so, well, there were two that, that were kind of important for, for different reasons, I suppose, the first one was, I was comparing uh, an auction at, the, at my kid's primary school, as you do. I did that and, last week uh, at my kid's primary school. Did you? How'd it go? Oh, okay. oh, it wasn't a pivotal moment in my career, right. it wasn't for you. <laughs> you don't know yet, but anyway, well, let's just, just see, give it a week, you never know. But no, so, uh, and, and, and one of the lots was uh, Will Gompertz, the BBC Arts uh, editor, had generously donated trips to the Damien Hirst uh, sort of retrospective that was on at, at the National Portrait Gallery, I guess, at the time, or National Gallery. And he was offering four tickets and a guided tour around it, and he would, he would talk you through it. So I'm obviously getting rather excited about the idea of that, and, and, and it, with no disrespect to Will, you know, people were kind of bidding for, I don't know, nice bottle of wine or something else so I'm busy going come on you this know so bid for this is an extraordinary thing and, he, and you know people people were bidding but some friends of mine got these four uh, tickets and said to me afterwards you know why don't you come as one of the one of the four people so that was great so I ended up meeting Will we, we did this kind of tour of the Damien Hurst fascinating to hear his thoughts on Hurst and uh, uh, but anyway he at the end of the day which was brilliant um, he said oh so well, by, by the way what do you guys do and you <laughs> well, know actually. my mates were kind of you know like architects da, 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 da. and he said oh well you should you should design me a house Tom what do you do and I said well I'm a portrait painter oh you should paint my portrait and I said that'd be great you know and then we went our separate ways and then I emailed him the next day and said by the way were you sort of serious would you could could I paint your portrait and would you mind and he was like oh, okay fine you know all right uh, and so I ended up painting his portrait and that actually really was a kind of uh, a significant moment because and I didn't realize it because it was I start the painting and I had been painting in what you I suppose would call a sort of representational style in that I just make something look like something and that was it okay so if I saw a skin color I'd mix that skin color and I'd put it on okay I wasn't really adding a much kind of layers of thought to it uh, beyond that likeness and Will would turn up and sort of say, you know, oh, I was interviewing, I don't know, Damien Hurst today, or I was talking to Salman Rushdie, and he was saying this, that, and the other. And it just made me think, oh, my God, you know, I, I've got to kind of slightly up my game. <laughs> I, should, I should probably think about my work a bit more, maybe. So, um, you know, and, and I, I literally changed the brushes for that portrait. I had started drawing it up, and rather than use kind of round small detailed brushes I binned all those and picked up a big kind of flat brush like a sort of chisel and thought right I'm going to try and 
suggest and imply and I'm not going to over mix the colours now I'm going to leave them all loosely mixed like kind of you know cooking where you loosely fold something or whatever uh, so that there are little traces of the pure pigment and the pure colour in each stroke so that then when you stand back hopefully it all comes kind of into focus and makes sense and looks right but when you walk up to the painting you can see lots of little nicks of of quite bright colour and that seemed to have a bit of energy about it and wasn't I started to get a bit excited but wasn't that slightly it. terrifying because you went out of your comfort zone yeah quite, you know you, you, at yes. that time did you think should I be doing this well I suppose in the same way like with the man you thing where I sort of thought I mean I hadn't really done palette knife before and I thought I'll get a palette knife and it, it, it is this sort of odd response but I think it's a response to this is an opportunity mm-hmm. you could just pedal the normal stuff that you do and you know if that's great, fine, and if that's satisfying you. But I kind of knew it wasn't satisfying me. So I think it was a real chance to go, why not? Give it a go and see where it takes you. And it went uh, okay. It went okay. He didn't just, hate it. So, it so that was great. And then that kind of, you know, over the next sort of few years, I've really kind of tried to develop that a bit and, and go with that approach while still tempering it to try and describe whoever it is I'm trying to describe. Yeah. So, so that was a big that moment. Was, that was a moment. Yeah. That was definitely a moment. And, and so I've, I've seen that picture on your website. It's amazing. And other ones like Mark Haddon as well, other people. Well, well that was another thing. So Mark, who uh, we met, how did we meet? Our kids were at the same primary school. as as useful. Primary school playgrounds are fantastic <laughs> networking places, <laughs> it turns out. But no, I, I, you know, again, I, I wasn't sort of thinking particularly, but I'd see him in the playground, I think, you know, or I'd, I think I'd been told, yeah, that's Mark Haddon. That's a, that's a big old, big old person right there. And so I'm always drawn, I suppose, to, to sort of, you know, well, I, I, I would like to always think I can talk to anyone, you know, as in, I remember meeting a couple of sort of football heroes and bowling over to them and starting talking to them. Whereas a mate of mine was hanging back. No, you can't actually speak to them. You know, they're gods kind of thing, you know. So interesting, though, because when you had the when you had all the focus on you back in mm. school, you hated that. Hate that. But you love it's not on me, no. is it? It's it's yeah. reversed. You're absolutely yeah. right. You're yeah. absolutely right. It, it, that's the thing. But so saw Mark uh, one day and he's a very fit guy, goes for lots of runs and lives healthy. And so he's sort of in his kind of running shorts and T-shirt and sweaty. (laughs) And I thought the last thing, exactly, (laughs) last thing he wants is some idiot coming over. Excuse me. Uh, So I did. And he was, he's lovely, it turns out. And uh, said, um, I hear you, you do painting because as in, I was saying to him because he started out as an illustrator so and phenomenal draftsman and talk about you know applying thought to the process he's extraordinary at that and and absolutely shames me in 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 my attempts but anyway we start chatting and he's I sort of clicked with him instantly and we get on brilliant well I, I hope we get on brilliant I feel we you get on brilliant he's a wonderful actor and so I did a portrait of him and at the same time he said I'll I'll do a sort of portrait of you and he did this kind of extraordinary um combination it was like a line drawing digitally thing and didn't include my eyebrows I don't know what that so I don't think it says anything. I think it was just a it was just a choice of colour and what you think. But it, that was weird, sort of seeing yourself mm. and, a, and a 
but a kind of massive privilege too that so somebody's bothering to sit sitting opposite each other. No, well, we do, no, we did sort of photograph right. sittings rather than kind of sitting sittings, okay. um, and then kind of worked on our work, you know, sort of separately. But it was it was an amazing thing, and that and that then kind of grew a friendship. And and I've done a more recent uh, portrait of him, which again was my kind of response to the poor guy who again as I said lives healthy uh, like super healthy the, the last guy you would think would have kind of any kind of health issues and he was going for a run in White and Woods and was saying kind of he felt his you know heart fluctuating and felt um, the power kind of going went to the doctor and they said well look you know you're going to need a stent fitted it turned out actually he needed a triple heart bypass so that was pretty shocking and terrifying. When it's somebody who is incredibly fit. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, as I say, lives so so healthy and, 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 yeah, extraordinary. And so that was scary. And we went to see him in the hospital. And, but he's so fascinated and everything, you know. His mind is kind of, and then what they're going to do is they're going to rip me open here and they're going to do this. And you think, oh, my God, you know, can you, can you actually want, engage with all this? But, of course, he can but, because yeah. he's absolutely fascinated in, in kind of gathering information and knowing what's going on. And, and it's extraordinary. I'm sure that it will bear some wonderful writing, mm. perhaps, at some point about it or, or maybe a character in a book or whatever. Um, but, no, so my response is when he showed me the scarring afterwards and I'm thinking, oh, I love painting faces. I started hopefully a new thing where you go I actually love painting skin and then you'll look at this skin that's kind of got incredible bruising colors and you know three scar lines for where a drain was or drains were and then I mean extraordinary to look at visually uh, and so I said you know could I paint you like that and he said sure you know not not a second's kind of worry about it which is amazing actually and so so that new, new part chapter of your career you never know yeah, you never incredible. know so uh, so yeah i'm looking at the picture now with, yeah. with all the uh the all scars. the scarring yeah. yeah and he said come quickly while the scars are fresh because you'll lose all that color and definition which is true of course you yeah. know it's kind of and he's got the same curtains as my mum does he yeah. well i felt they slightly reflected the scarring because yes. they've got this kind of red leafy yeah, pattern um, and they're quite angular, so yeah. That was, and isn't it interesting as well that the fact that you were brave enough? Because a lot of people might have not have gone up to somebody. I see people in the school playground that you just think, oh, I'm, mm. I don't want to go. Five years later, I must go and talk mm. to them. But yeah. you went up, and that you know that made a massive difference. Mm. And you, you painted without them. a doubt, and a absolutely. great friendship. As oh, well. absolutely. No, I mean that's that's one of the amazing joys of what I do is that you firstly you get to meet incredible people, but. You know, I, I did a portrait for Hartford College of a former Home Secretary, and you're sitting there thinking, why am I talking to them? What have I got on earth to say to these people? But, you know, it's amazing to find yourself. But but from that, yes, I'm lucky enough to say that I think we're pretty much everyone. I, I get on with them so far. Probably had a couple over the years, but, you know, that, that you don't particularly stay in touch with. But most people, if, if you do find some sort of connection... You're making friends part. with people. Yeah, yeah, that's a part of the job. Yeah. And because uh, I was talking to David Malinowski last week, he, he's a yeah. makeup artist. He worked on the uh, the Greatest Hour, so he was, did all the whole Winston Churchill oh, makeup. Wow. And yeah. he was saying, you've got to get on with people because yes. you're sitting with them, working with them yes. for hours and yeah. hours. Yeah. And I was interested because I've forgotten that you'd done the Duke of Cambridge, um, because as in Prince William, yes. you did a picture for the pub. Yes. So. Obviously, I imagine you didn't meet him. Didn't get a sitting no. for that one, no. But, but that, we did have to get clearance for it. Okay. So we did have to ask, and they sent a letter saying... So so it was a picture uh, for... There's a, there's a place in Oxford called the Duke of Cambridge. So when he got married and got the title of the Duke of Cambridge, 
they, I suppose, reasonably sort of said, well, look, you know, that is the name of the place. We're not trying to cash in, although could we do a sign uh, that included a portrait of of Prince William in his Duke of Cambridge um, attire? So I did that and I had references from, uh, you know, image library that we had to get rights to use and said, look, this is the use of it. Are you OK if we <laughs> cheapen his, <laughs> his name in this way? And, and they said it was fine. And in fact, funnily enough, since Prince Harry saw at Christmas, they asked me if I'd do a kind of variation on it where I put a beard over it so it, and put a Santa Claus hat on it. I don't know if you ever noticed. No, if you walk down Little no. Clarence Street around Christmas, that that happens. The, the sign changes. And so did that and they made some postcards of it and the guy who owns it bumped into Prince Harry and showed him and he said, oh, can I keep that? I love that. So that was really funny. Well, to kind then of, the call is going to come. You're going to be doing <laughs> Megan soon, I'm sure. Oh. That the royal, the royal portraits are on the way. And I, want to, I must ask you about Sky um, Arts Portrait Artist of the Year, which yes. you did last year. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, it was televised last okay. year, but did it yeah, a bit before. So, and you did Kirsty Walk. I did. And... I, I read about because you've written about it that you mm. know it was quite it's quite stress high stress you read all these unbelievably <laughs> stressful well when you think about working on your own you know my daily commute is walking to the bottom of the garden yeah. you know p- past a couple of slugs <laughs> and uh, that's it and it's a solitary pursuit it is I mean bar the the sittings I suppose you know that's obviously the nice part where you actually get to check. but most of the time you're on your own you're you know listening to podcasts or whatever whatever I'm up to while I'm painting. So firstly, whereas I suppose, because I was thinking, the show's a bit like kind of X Factor for portrait painters, right? Mm. But Which you were rude about X Factor earlier in the interview. So you, oh, did, was I? Think, I? I think, yeah. well, you, you were saying, I can't remember what you were talking about, but the yeah. fact that it's like a talent show, where you were a bit like, ah, I'm yes. not sure. Well, absolutely. So there's part of you that thinks sort of what it, you know, they're going to say you've got a, this week's kind of whatever the equivalent of this week's ABBA week, you know, where they say, right, you're going to have to paint with your wrong hand, looking the wrong, <laughs> you know, or something <laughs> weird. So I thought, right, I need to sort of see, because they, they had asked for a few series to apply, because obviously they're trying to get people to apply for the show and I thought well I do need to see what it's all about first and actually it is kind of bar the rather extraordinary thing of painting in front of people because whereas X Factor you know if you sing you probably do perform and that is part of the gig whereas painting bar the reveal that's it you know you're doing it on your own so there are lots of quite shy people who like the process but don't really want to kind of do it in front of a tv so you've got a fixed camera above your head that films every nervous twitch of your brush oh my goodness. then you've got you know frank skinner coming over and go why are you mixing that color tom and why have you painted their nose and you can hear members of the public behind you because they let an audience in and that's hilarious it's i had people oh it's brilliant you literally i remember this woman literally sort of saying uh, you know always oh, got the nose all wrong you know <laughs> yeah shut up i'm trying my best here go on you try but nobody spoke to to Kirsty Walk because I suppose that you know it is a relatively terrifying experience. And so the one thing I did think was, and, and as a way of kind of working the nerves off, mm. chat to her, absolutely chat to her, try and get a connection, try and see, you know, that is after all what I do. So I, I was looking for a kind of connection. I mean, on the day the painting was absolutely appalling. I rather tuned out of the whole. I don't think it was uh, appalling. Oh, trust me, it was appalling. Uh, but but rather tuned out of the whole kind of uh, four hour format that you're supposed to complete the work in so after three hours and sort of you know 50 minutes I'd done about half the face so I had to throw in her nose her mouth and her chin and my wife was having a kind of heart attack in the background uh, because I was just talking to everyone you know kids would come up and say because I've got a very strange palette with huge great towers of paints that look like kind of is it stalactite 
mites or tights 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 that go up no tights go down is the appalling way of remembering uh so yeah mites uh, of paint on my palette and it is a rather odd looking thing so people would keep coming up and going oh why is your paint so I'd literally put the brush down and say well let me tell you and so you know it's a timed format get on with it so, <laughs> your poor wife looking oh, at the clock put her through minutes, hell. Yes. 10 minutes yes exactly but Kirsty liked it she did even if you didn't she did particularly like it and she, well she had to take one home and amazingly she chose mine so it was good it yeah. was a good experience even though you know didn't win the win the series or anything like that but but look at Will Young in X Factor he didn't win it well that's I've always looked at myself you know as the sort of Will Young <laughs> no but I think um, it, it, it really uh, well okay so here is you know to, to any artist out there thinking you know is it worth taking part of these things because I spoke to a, a very established and accomplished portrait painter who was not dismissive of it, but sort of thought, well, bar winning the thing and you get a sort of £10,000 commission for, for winning it of of a particular, um, you know, well-known face. Mm. And so that's obviously fantastic. Uh, but he was saying, but that is it, right? And I said, it really isn't. It's actually about sort of exposure. And it is about the fact that the day after my episode aired, where I bombed, and did a poor representation of what hopefully I can do with time and without a live studio audience and a camera filming me. And chatting. And chatting. uh, Somebody phoned me up and commissioned... uh, I think, no, in the first week, I got five portrait commissions off off the back of not doing terribly well on the show. So I would massively encourage people to, if they can handle it, in terms of... it, It is hideously tense and horrible. And the first hour I did nothing of use because you're just bloody terrified well, you know nervous, so your hand oh my shaking. god absolutely so the one thing that that you know is being filmed is your quivering hand it's a very blurred image I produced yeah but apart from that you're recommending it, oh it's great yeah, yeah, oh yeah. it's fantastic no and, and then uh, but the good thing is all of the people who work on it are super lovely and they want you to obviously do the best job that you can they're not trying to trip you up you know and I might be trying to do it again for this next year so um and get more questions, whatever happens. Well, absolutely, it? you know. Oh, so. I look forward to that. That'd be we great. We shall see, yeah. And uh, talking about commissions again, I wondered mm. as part of your day, mm. so how much time is spent looking for work or do people come to you? Because you, 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 how does it work? Do you, because you're on... Jesse on a gallery website. So on, is it Sachi or something? Uh, I, wasn't, I, I, I wasn't aware no, I was. But anyway, so how, how, well, how does it work? How, uh, did, how does so the work come in? And the, how? It's all a bit of a mystery to me, really. I, I don't... Well, so the, one of the brilliant things about living in Oxford is a thing called Oxfordshire Art Weeks, where you open your studio up to the public and they can come and see what you're up to. So every year in May... Uh, I open my studio up and it's brilliant people turn up you can show them your work they can see the environment it's kind of great chance to house snoop as well um, for people uh, <laughs> so people are not looking at the picture no no no, no, no just nosing around your garden and going yeah <laughs> lovely ceramics or whatever but um but no so so that I suppose well that definitely seems to get me a handful of commissions each year mm-hmm. people I suppose google searches people you know find you and commission you um, again, I'm terribly bad at, at asking, how did you, why did you, you know, I, I try not to, I think, quickly get the painting done before they say, actually, I didn't mean you at all, I meant that guy, you know. What, so you don't I don't to... do sort of a lot of advertising no. as such. Well, that's, but I'm trying that's... to think if I do. No, I really don't. Um, but just like you say, living where you live, yeah. and, and the moments that you've had so far of talking to people and asking yes. them has yeah. definitely led 
without a doubt without a doubt i mean i think the 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 thing i need to do more of and so i entered the bp uh portrait exhibition about 10 years ago didn't get selected thought right i'm never entering you know despite the odds being ludicrously small and in in chance of getting selected um and i thought right never entering that again and then i entered again i've done sort of two years didn't get selected but kind of think that if you did or something like so for instance the royal society of portrait painters have uh, an exhibition in the mail galleries and any exhibition that you can put your work into is fantastic for getting people to know about your work and 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 potentially commission you so i would you know strongly encourage anybody to to try and have exhibitions or 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 group exhibitions or or just enter competitions you know getting out there but the internet's great as well fantastic yeah before that people can actually see your work absolutely well so instagram is incredible and i was kind of resistant to it and uh I'm not brilliant at tech and sort of didn't quite get the whole sort of, I, I, you know, that, that idea of it all being a bit sort of bragging and here, check me out and look at his... This is the cake I made, but this, yes. is, this is the art I've done. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. sort of thought, oh, I don't know about this. But anyway, uh, it, you get to the point where you go, okay, with a professional head on, if you like, it's a, you know, what, what kind of audience could you read to a global audience? So it's, it's really easy. It costs you nothing. You literally take a photograph on your phone of your painting or as you're working on it or a little video of it or whatever, which again, I want to try and start doing videos. My daughter, 15 year old, is sort of exploding. Oh my Lord, she wants to be. (laughs) Yes, she wants to get paid. I was going to say she wants to get paid. Shock to her. But anyway. So, uh, so no, I mean, that's, that's an extraordinary resource for people to, to get their work out there, yeah, you know. Yeah. So. And do you have to, you, you talked about how you changed your style when you were mm. p- uh, painting Will Gompertz. Mm. Do you have, because I guess art goes in trends, mm. do you just ignore that and just stick with what you like and what you can do? Or do you have to sort of... I don't, I don't feel you should react to what other people are doing. I mean, by obviously be inspired. And, and I found a thing where if I went to exhibitions of, so I went to see a sergeant exhibition a few years back and spent about, it's almost like you needed to get it out of your system. I'd spend three months trying to, trying and massively failing to paint like sergeant. And then you go, oh, no, no, hang on, that's not me, is it? That's not what I can do. Try and do what you can do. So, I, I would be very wary of trying to, you know, spotting a trend and thinking I should be a bit more like this. I think I definitely constantly want to, you know, evolve. And, and you look at the way you're applying paint, the way you're approaching the portrait in the first place and try and, you know, tailor it, bespoke it for the person that you're trying to describe. So it, it should, I, I don't have the same technique each time and I would get very bored if I was doing that and I suspect probably people who would look at my work would get a bit bored so hopefully it will always slightly change but um but yeah in a, in a kind of um I don't know just 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 going with whatever whatever I'm feeling I suppose so, yeah. and I have to ask you have that we talked about Tadar moments mm. uh have there been any that you've shown someone and they've gone this is not like oh I hate it, but this is a quite. I had a really, I, I had a really awkward one where so I have sometimes people cry when they see the painting and in a there's, good way. Well, that's always the worry that you have that split second. And you think, oh my god, they're literally going to walk out and sort of you know. That must be wonderful uh, though when they cry. That that's amazing. Yeah. And and I had so literally this week I had a I had a woman uh, who commissioned a portrait of her father who passed away. I think she said about six months ago, and. A real kind of, you know, I genuinely feel it is absolutely 
bloody honour to to be asked to try and because you realise what you're doing. You're not just you're not just painting a picture of somebody. You're there's an element of immortalising them. There's an element of sort of almost almost kind of keeping them alive, bringing them back. It it's so emotionally loaded. And I get terribly kind of emotionally connected with those sort of things. And we had a kind of hug and a bit of a cry at the end of it, you know. And it's th- th- those moments are uh, incredible. Uh, oh, so actually, sorry. Well, there were two moments. There was so a bad one was when I revealed a portrait to somebody, and it became clear. I shall have to reference this very subtly so that I give nothing away of who it could have been. It became clear that they were considering sort of probably surgery and were on various bits and pieces and wanted to see perhaps how it might look uh, in the form of a portrait so when I revealed the portrait they said okay that's interesting now could we could we what's how would you say it sort of reduce the effects of gravity and time uh so that was interesting uh, <laughs> that was just awkward I imagine really awkward yeah I've, I've never had somebody sort of hate it I've had pictures where I feel I haven't quite got them and there hasn't been gushing praise of it from their side of it in terms of capturing I mean you kind of know and you think ah oh, if I had my time again I would have approached that differently I don't feel I've quite sort of got them so you know there's there are moments like that but I mean god I love doing what I do I'm incredibly lucky to do what I love and always said you know if I won the lottery tomorrow if money wasn't an issue I'd be doing exactly what I'm doing so uh, and we talked about some pivotal moments mm. um but there have been so many, really, because, you know, going back to being at school when you were really pretty shy and, and almost not wanting to do it, but you managed to, maybe with your parents' support and just loving it, mm. getting on the road to doing what mm. you love, and then those certain commissions, like mm. the Majesty United, mm. would you agree that that, that yeah. and, the, and meeting certain people in playgrounds yeah. has had a big impact but, on but A huge impact, absolutely huge impact, and it is about... Uh, I suppose that the the more daring side of me, and I am a bit of a sort of um, contradiction because I, I I do like to walk up to people and say, "Excuse me, can I paint you?" kind of thing. That's that doesn't hold any fear for me at all. Whereas, as you say, even still talking about my uh, sort of me, I suppose, or my work, or I don't know what it is. I just I get terribly embarrassed. I hate public speaking, for instance. And some of the times I've done some portraits for colleges. I did. Um, the first female bishop, Libby Lane, for uh, St. Peter's College. And again, you're in a room full of people who I know for a fact are, you know, brighter than me, uh, you know, more, 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 more than me, basically, <laughs> uh, in every way. And I'm there sort of going, oh, I've done this sort of picture and, you know, I'm trying to do this, that and the other. And I, I just feel, I don't know. So in those moments, I feel deeply sort of embarrassed and shy. And yet, I've got this other side where I just I love yeah meeting people and trying to find common ground with them and it's getting the stories yeah. out of people but showing it through your yeah through your art hopefully you love great stories I absolutely guess. totally yeah. totally totally no and if you can get that down I mean which is why I think that shift from just painting something to look like something to actually painting portraits that's a whole different ball game where mm. you're trying to communicate something you're trying to as you say either tell a story or you know show something of the human condition or all of the kind of cliches but it but it, they're true you know that that is what you're striving for so if anyone is listening and they're yeah. thinking i love art and i'm, I'm just embarking on this yeah. idea that i'd like to yeah. do this maybe get some studio down the bottom of my garden yeah. what, what would be your advice just I do th- it do, well absolutely do it uh always do it because 
you know, I, I, I've I, again, maybe it's just coming from a really optimistic, and it is, and I'm aware I've I've been incredibly lucky and privileged to be able to even consider trying to do this, and I'm deeply indebted to my wife who has a serious job that earns a you know constant wage, and in the in the 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 bad years where that's a, a real was a real challenge, uh, she's there constantly, you know, so. Without that, I, I probably would have had to have gone and actually got a proper job, you know, and that whole thing. But I, I've got a bit of stubbornness about me, without a doubt. Uh, and I think you have to have that to, to want to persist in the face of, you know, overwhelming rejection. <laughs> Um, I can do it. So, and everyone is going to uh, More importantly, this. I will do it. Ah, so here's can I tell one more? This is yes. a silly story Go thing. On. But uh, so I think one of the most appalling moments. Uh, not of my life, that's too much, but one of the, a genuine sort of challenge to me where you kind of, I suppose, figure out a bit about who you are or whether you've got a kind of fight in you. At St Edwards, when I got the, so I'd, I'd, you know, had the scholarship and I really had messed up. I think I was kind of dyslexic and, and that wasn't really a thing at the time. And so you were just bloody lazy and it was, you know, it was a, a terrible time for certain things. And I remember I was coming, I'd really disengaged with the whole process of kind of uh, of, of school and didn't want to be there, was really sort of struggling. And I went into uh, school late uh, because I didn't want to be there, I suppose. And my housemaster came over to me uh, and he said, Croft, you know, what time do you bloody call this? And everybody was starting to emerge from the various houses to go into lessons. And so there would have been, you know few hundred people milling past and he started to tear strips off me saying you'll never amount to anything he actually said that phrase right to me when I was 13 and I got so angry and I said I'm going to be an artist when I grow up and he said no you won't you're not you don't work hard enough you've got no chance you're going to amount to nothing and I went off on one and I, I saw two of my mates who were kind of standing behind him at the time lose it and kind of go, oh, no, you didn't. Yes, I bloody did. Uh, and from that moment, he he, he kind of left me alone. He, but that really kind of forged a determination in me, I think, to go, do you know what? Yeah, the odds are totally stacked against you being an artist for a living. Of course they are. They are for anybody, probably. But... If you're bloody determined and as stubborn as all hell and can have some luck along the way, dare to push yourself out of your comfort zone, which, you know, I really understand that in terms of, you know, fear of public speaking, all those kind of things. I'm, I'm terrified and I think, you know, uh, but but we'll sort of do it anyway because you're only going to kind of get comfortable by doing it. You're only going to get anything out of it by by putting yourself out there. So, so. Yeah, all that to say, just for God's sake, put your work on social media. That's a really nice private way of doing it. So you don't have to be putting yourself out there. You are because you're daring to put your work. What's the worst that can happen? You get two likes. Instagram's quite a positive platform, actually, because people don't slate. It doesn't seem very trolly and horrible. So um, I would just encourage people, yeah, give it a go and just, you know, keep going. My, My pleasure and sort of reward is on a daily basis of waking up and I it is almost embarrassing to say I bloody love what I do you know the idea of waking up and just being able to put paint on a canvas and move it around try and make this magic trick of somebody appearing and and kind of almost walking out the canvas at you I just 
yeah feel it's uh, it's as good as it gets it is and it's lovely to look at it as well and, and you. do you know what is coming up what other work you've got coming up i've got i've already got sort of over a year's worth of work probably in at the moment which is extraordinary really of commissions um and a brilliant array of you know i've just done a portrait of a guy who's the first policeman to turn up to the uh, great train robbery you know things like this where you go wow what a life tell me about that and let me see if I can get something other just extraordinary so um everyone's interesting obviously mm-hmm. you know and so that's the other thing is, is just kind of um yeah finding out about people's people's lives people's stories it's endlessly fascinating yeah. so yeah and letting us enjoy it all like just looking around I'd be looking at all these amazing portraits it's fabulous thank you so thank much you. for spending the time and Absolute talking pleasure. to me pleasure sorry for waffling tip. so much waffling is good <laughs> some great stories thank you so much Tom. pleasure thanks to tom for taking the time to talk to me when he could have been painting and thank you for listening Thanks to Megan for producing the podcast and she's been burning the candle both ends this week doing loads of work and uh, we will be back next week. Do not forget though that you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, we're on at Where Go Right. Uh, we're also, as I mentioned, on Podbean, Spotify and iTunes. Rate us, go on, you know you want to and we'll see you next week. <laughs>